Hey friends, welcome back to the Stunning 65 Podcast. I'm your host, Maddie Schultz, and today I will be sharing all about how God redeemed motherhood in my life. My dear friend Leah Peeper graciously invited me onto her podcast to share this story, so I'm praying that God encourages you to look back and see the things He has or is currently redeeming in your life. Hey, hey, friends. Welcome back to the Fresh Life Podcast. My name is Leah Peeper, and we couldn't be more happy to welcome you today to the podcast. If you're just tuning in, we have been in a series called Redemption, and these episodes have been so good for my heart. We have been telling stories about how God has met us in our life and redeemed parts of our story that did not feel like they were going to turn out. We've loved getting to talk with the women in our life and just reflect on God's goodness. I feel like that's just a continuous theme that we've just continued to go back to is God has been so good, so faithful, and so gracious to us. Today, we are hearing from my friend Maddie Schultz, and to know Maddie is to love Maddie. You guys are going to love her. She is a beautiful daughter of God, and we are so blessed to get to hear her story today. She talks a lot about what it was like going through pregnancy and becoming a mom for the first time. And while I'm not in that season, I think it was just so good for me to listen to and know that not everybody's experience is easy to navigate. Sometimes it takes time. And I think that just is encouraging to my heart that even though I'm not in that season quite yet, I get to look at people like Maddie and remember, okay, God meets you no matter what your story looks like. He meets us and can bring redemption and beauty to all things. Pull up a chair. We cannot wait for you to join this conversation with us. Hey friends, welcome to the Fresh Life Podcast. My name is Leah and I am here with my good friend, Maddie. I'm so grateful to have you here to tell your story of redemption, Maddie. I'm happy to be here. It's so exciting. Good. In this series, we are telling stories of ways that God has brought redemption to stories in our life. There is such beauty in getting to hear and tell about the times when we felt so lost and without hope and God met us to bring about his purposes. And I really do think that we all need to hear these stories to remind us of the good and gracious God that we follow. I'm so excited to hear this story because I don't think you've ever fully told this story on a podcast. Is that right? I think that's right. I don't think I have. Well, I feel so honored to listen to this. Okay. This story is all about God redeeming motherhood for you. It's a story of going from fear to faith of the Lord bringing you out of a pit of despair to a place of joy, purpose, and gratitude. I'm so excited for our listeners to hear your story of redemption. Um, Just to introduce you all to this treasure of a human, Maddie, you and I have known each other for the last four years. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, a little over, a little over four, I think. Wow. What a joy. We met at church and I was instantly drawn to you. Maddie is the type of girl that makes you just laugh endlessly and is always there to cry with you too. The best type of friend. She's intentional. You're an intentional wife and mama. She is someone who acts on conviction and shows up. Uh, I've walked through some hard seasons of sickness, and Maddie has been one of the few people mm-hmm. who have shown up with groceries or her cleaning supplies to meet us where mm-hmm. we are at. 
It is an honor to be your friend, Maddie, and I'm excited for our listeners to get to hear just a snippet of your heart. Mm, Thanks for those words, Leah. I feel so many of those things about you, and I'm so grateful for your gifts and that you've invited me onto your podcast where, yeah, God's just using you in mighty ways, and I'm just, my life is greatly impacted by you, and that is no secret, so Mm. I'm grateful for you. Love you, friend. Okay, so you are married to Alex, and you guys have two little ones that are seriously the cutest kids ever, Xander and Shay. Mm -hmm. How old are they now? Zan is four and a half. He'll be five in February. Wow. And Shay is over one and a half. She'll be two in January. Sweet little baby. They are (laughs) precious. We are obsessed with them a a healthy amount we love them so much i can tell you you and alex both i can tell just like oh yeah alex is such a sweet dad is so caring and serving and loves being with the kids and shay specifically now has us wrapped around her little finger zian always has but there's something about a little girl alex is in trouble basically but (laughs) <laughs> it, it is a sweet little crew, such a gift from the Lord, oh. those two little kiddos and my sweet husband. So, yeah. So fun. So it's amazing that you've been a mom then for four and a half years now. Wild. Literally thinking about, yeah, Zan coming up on on turning five, half a decade of motherhood that just, it flew by. I feel like so many things changed. God did so much, is doing so much, and it's been a really sweet season. Yeah. What was finding out you were pregnant like? Oh, my goodness. With Sam. Yeah. Finding out I was pregnant, um, so many emotions. (laughs) Uh, So I, Alex and I got married at the end of my senior year of college April of my senior year. Alex was a year older than is a year older than me, so I'd already graduated the year prior and got pregnant by God's grace uh 3 weeks into marriage on birth control. 6 weeks when I was 6 weeks pregnant. So we found out a couple months into marriage, found out end of June, we got married end of April that I was 6 weeks pregnant and um on a, birth control. On birth control. Wow. Um so I, the, the emotions were, it was exciting. It was just absolutely shocking. It was scary. It was terrifying. Um, I can vividly remember myself sitting on our bed crying. Um, my friend had sent me the song, uh, by Casting Crowns, Oh My Soul. Great song. Uh, it goes, oh, my soul, you are not alone. There's a place where fear has to face the God I know. Mm. Oh my goodness, that that almost made me dead. You, you asked me if I was going to cry. I was like, no, I'm just, I don't cry. No, I do cry. That's a lot. I cry a lot. But I, <laughs> but I, sometimes when you're telling your own story, you don't cry. But God's so sweet. He just re-reminded me of that moment. Oh my mm-hmm. goodness. But my friend had sent me that. It's a, in the music video. The girl is there's a girl dancing, and my friend had sent me this and said this music video reminded me of you. And I'm listening to it just on my bed, weeping like, oh. God, there's a place where fear has to face the God I know. Because I, I was scared. Yeah. I mean, uh, our our quote-unquote plan was to wait a couple of years to start trying. And I wasn't 
ready in my head. No one's ever ready, but I wasn't ready to be a mom, but I, I was crying on the bed listening to that song and I'll never forget, I Alex was in the bathroom across the hall and uh, this is kind of some comic relief. I go, I don't even do the laundry. <laughs> like that's literally the exact quote and I still don't. Just, just, I'm not even kidding. Anyways, um, I've started a little bit. The joke in my house right now is that I'm making a late push for wife of the year. <laughs> And it's so funny. My husband's really funny. And so he's always like, late push. And I was like, and I respond back with, you know, I didn't want to peak too soon yeah, because right. the voting, yes. you know, the voting goes in now. I want to really. And so the late push was literally me doing like two loads total of laundry and like cleaning my room. That's late push, guys. So shout out to my husband for being married to me. MVP. MVP. So all that to say, yeah. So much, so much fear too, I think came in right away. And I remember when we heard that news, I, I remember God just putting the thought in my mind, like, do you trust me? Do you actually trust me? And I can honestly say at the beginning of that pregnancy, my answer back to him was no, I, I, I clearly don't. But I want to, but I, I don't. There, see, there had never been anything in my life up to that point where if, uh, I had, I lost my grandpa um, years prior. But other than that, there wasn't really anything that was out of my control, even though it's mm. all out of my control. Yeah. But out of my control, quote unquote, where I'm something really devastating and, and heartbreaking other than losing my grandpa. And so um, it's easy to trust God when everything's quote unquote fine. Right? Like, it's easy to say I trust him. And so it was really sweet that he pressed that question on me because it just showed me, okay, God, I don't, but I desperately want to. And so uh, kind of another thing that played into this was Alex and I had just gone a couple months prior on our honeymoon to St. Thomas in the Virgin Islands. And uh, Zika virus is highly prominent there. And Zika virus only affects newborn babies. You can get Zika through mosquitoes and it only affects newborn babies and um, can uh, kind of like deform their heads and a a smaller head and uh, affect different functioning and growing. And and I'll never forget being in the airport in the Virgin Islands. Of course, at this time, I'm not pregnant, not going to get pregnant anytime soon. And there are signs everywhere that say, if you're pregnant, like you should not be here essentially because Zika. And Zika can live in you for up to six months. Wow. So I, I didn't like remember being bit anywhere, but of course your mind just starts spiraling. I get home or when I find out I'm pregnant, I'm like, I I knew and remembered right away that Zika was there. And I just fear just like hit me like a ton of bricks and I'm Googling terrible idea what Zika is. And um, the head can be smaller a lot of the times if your baby has Zika and I'm just so fearful that I possibly did this to my baby. Like that was a decision that I made. I went to the Virgin Islands and then what if, you know, this, this happens to my baby. And I would say the first, the whole first half of my pregnancy was just felt like an internal, internal chaos, internal panic of like, God, I'm trying to trust you and I want to trust you. Um, but I am living in so much fear. And also I think it's important to know that during this time, uh, we were kind of still searching out, searching for a church community yeah. since we had moved back to Omaha. Yeah. We kind of were involved in a small group um, through one church, knowing that we like needed some sort of consistent people, but 
we just weren't at peace with the with any church yet. Like we were like, God, there's some great churches we've visited. Why do we not have peace? So that I think definitely plays a big part. Yeah. We're still going to church every Sunday, but definitely not like known deeply by people we were consistently seeing and following the Lord with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for we get Zika. tested for Zika. Yep. And the test doesn't come back for like a month. It takes a while to come back. Felt like the longest month of my so rude life. I know. <laughs> come on. This is 2018. What are we doing? 2017. Uh, and so just kind of more of an internal chaos and panic. A few people knew the fear I was living in, but not necessarily, right? You kind of, you keep it in the dark, especially when I'm not with like deep community that's asking me the hard questions mm-hmm. and that I feel known by and pre- and the, and people that press in. So I, I, some people knew that I was fearful, but not a ton of people. I wasn't able to process through it yeah. and receive encouragement. I'm sure there was it. some like anxiety, but also, I mean, oh. obviously the anxiety, yeah. but like some of the shame too of like, did I, did I do this yes. to my kid? 100%. Like, like, that's, I'm the mom. I'm right. supposed to protect it, which yes. you had no, obviously no control yes. over that and no yeah. like, you didn't do this, you yes. know? Like, yeah. And Alex kept reminding me that. And it seems odd, like, it seems obvious yeah. and still like so hard to fight in the moment, especially when I'm not fully trusting God yet. We get tested for Zika. It's going to take a month to come back. And I'll never forget at that point, this was my first year being full-time photography. I was traveling. I lived in Omaha, but I was traveling back to Iowa a ton for seniors and weddings because that's where I'm from. A ton of my clients were there. I was in Iowa so much. So I'm in Iowa. I'm at my kitchen table. and um Oh, I, I have to, I have to preface back when you, we got our first ultrasound really early. It was before 20 weeks. The doctor that we were at at the time, we got one, gosh, I want to say it was like 12 or 13 weeks, super early. So the baby looks like a little alien. If you've ever seen an ultrasound, like a, specifically a 3D ultrasound before 20 weeks, their head, their four, the forehead looks really bulged. It, the head looks a little bit deformed and of course, the minute I look at that, I see that and I'm like, oh my goodness. Like I pa- like I panic again. And I'll and but I was like, no, this is just how little babies look when they're first like developing. And I'll never forget my my sweet mom who um like I totally am so like, so we're saying we say flippant comments that, you know, just come to our minds. And she said, like, wow, the head is so something. I can't even remember now, but when she first like saw the ultrasound and I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm internally like, just, wow, this, he has Zika, you know, I'm just in a clear panic because of this like comment or whatever. And different things would like trigger that panic or that fear Mm -hmm. that something would be wrong with my child. So fast forward, I'm at my parents' house in the summer and um, the test, we had had taken the test, but hadn't gotten the results back, waiting for the results still. And my mom's in the kitchen and I can't remember. She said something. And I basically like broke down about not having the test results back and about being fearful. And I said, remember when you said this about the head? And she's like, oh my goodness. I'm like, she felt of course awful. She had no ill intentions and didn't mean to say it that way and stuff. And I was like, everything's just triggering that. I'm just so fearful. I just feel encompassed with this fear that I just like can't escape. And, and she just looks at me and she says, I'll never forget. We're in the kitchen on the bar stools of my childhood home. And she says, if this baby does have Zika, 
what will you do differently? If this baby has Zika, what will you do differently? And I thought like, well, I like thought hard. I was like, oh, that's a good question. There with Zika, there's nothing you, there's nothing you can do in, in the womb. There's nothing that you can do to help your baby until they're earthside. And so I think about it and I'm like, nothing, absolutely nothing. Like we would love the baby the exact same, nothing. This doesn't change anything. And she's like, exactly. Whether you know this or not, God already knows this. And this doesn't change anything. You will love this baby. This will be your baby. This will be the baby that God has for you. Mm. And so this knowing and not knowing, actually nothing changes. And I was like, oh my gosh, that, that brought me a ton of freedom. So fast forward, we get the Zika test results back. They end up coming back negative to having Zika. Praise God. Fast forward to my next appointment the next month, they come to me and say, actually, we the protocol was Zika. We have a new protocol and that test could have been wrong. We have to do it multiple times. And I'll never forget, actually, my friend, this is such a me thing at that point. <laughs> I needed someone to come to the appointment with me because my husband was at work. So my friend Tori is in there with me and I just like start crying. Like, I'm just like, oh, really? Oh, just discouraged, but I, I remember thinking, and they asked me, um, would you like to get tested again? And I just honestly s- said, no, you know, we don't need another test. Uh, God knows if, I, I didn't say this out loud to them at the time, <laughs> God knows if they got Zika, <laughs> but, but I just started preaching. But I, I was just like, no, and 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 Alex and I had also agreed together. We had, we didn't get either of our kids tested. Not that this is a bad thing at all to do, but we didn't get like either of our kids blood tested. Um, but specifically with Zan, uh, we were, we just were like, God, we don't need another Zika test or a blood test. And you know, you know, this baby and you know, if they have Zika or not. And we, we trust you and we choose to trust you. And so that my, my pregnancy was not butterflies and roses from there. Um, fast forward, that was probably halfway through the pregnancy. Um, fast forward, still just battling so much fear. Uh, still, even though choosing not to get that test, still battling. What if they have Zika? Um, what if something's wrong with my baby? Probably a fear that most moms, I would say, with the fir- their first pregnancy, walk through and battle like, gosh, we just, God, would, would you, would our baby be healthy? Please God, would our baby be healthy? So walking through that, um, January was just in a really dark place. December, January, I had Zan at the end of February in a super Mm -hmm. dark place, uh, December, January. And, um, I'll never forget going to a worship night at my friend's church, one of my dear close friends. And, uh, getting prayed over and just like crying out to the Lord. Just, I need help. I am so, I, I'm living in so much fear. I am just living in chaos. I could barely leave my house in January because different things would trigger me thinking something would be wrong with my child. Mm-hmm. Like if I saw a sick child, the thought that came to mind was your child will be sick and anything else that fell into that. And, um, mm-hmm. Anyways, I, at that church service, I get prayed over and really just felt like, I think that was 
mid end January that God really broke chains of my fear and really was starting to reveal a deeper root, a deeper sin that I wasn't seeing in all of this too. So he was really just showing me, you know, an idol in my heart of Maddie, what, what, what if I, I give you a child that is disabled? What if your child is sick? You know, and I, and he was revealing this idol in my heart of not that praying for a healthy child is bad at all. Just revealing this idol in my heart of longing for like an easy, perfect, right. comfortable family, right. just like the normal, like quote, end quote, yeah. comfort, like, and this idol of comfort, this idol of, um, yeah, maybe what the quote, end quote, perfect American family would be that I didn't know was in there. Yeah. And he, and so he really, by the end of my pregnancy, he was shifting my prayers and changing my heart. And my prayers ended up being still, Lord, I pray for a healthy baby. And God, whatever you have for us in this baby, God, would you equip us um, for whatever you have for this child's life? God, we trust you that this baby's life will be used for our good and sanctification and your glory. So whatever you see fit, God, please equip us for this. And so even just in that, not even the fear piece, but him revealing a deeper, deeper idol and a false hope in, in, in the American quote unquote family. What? Like that was so sweet of him. That was like, whoa, God, thanks for freeing me up in that. Even if my kid does have Zika X, Y, Z, God, I trust you. Like bringing me to this place of trust at the beginning. No, I don't trust you. Um, to the end of God, I trust you with whatever you have for our lives. Cause it will be for your glory. My life is a living sacrifice for you alone. So whatever you see fit, whatever you have, we trust you. And through that whole pregnancy, Psalm 139 was really what I clung onto. And I, I would just read it day and night. I feel like just Lord, please have these words permeate my heart. Like just begging him that these words would fall fresh on my soul. And I mean, then him still using those words to fall fresh on my soul, but really meditating and sitting and resting on those words. It wasn't just a one-time read. It was asking God to help them go from my head into my heart to then truly believe that he has written out every single one of my baby's days before any of them came to be. He has encompassed me. He has encircled me and his hand is on me. And and seeing how the, the, that passage affects me and he falls fresh on me in different verses with that same passage, passage still today. So a few weeks ago on the podcast, Lisa actually tells her story of her prodigal son, her, her son okay. who like kind of wow. went afar yeah. for a little bit yeah. and like the Lord brought him back. Praise God. That's Praise a huge God. redemption yeah. in her story. But she talks about being a snowplow mom. Have you ever heard of this? No. Okay. Well, it's just like Probably this me. idea <laughs> where you are snowplow for your kids and you mm. just try to like remove snow in front of mm. them, remove anything like ice, whatever it takes, like so that they don't have to walk through snow or yeah. walk through whatever. Wow. And like in it, she's, she says, I, realized that I was being a snowplow mom for Ryan, but really what he needed to walk through was the snow Hmm. to do that shaping sanctification and like true work in his heart. Like we don't get to just not walk through 
suffering yeah if we want to look like jesus yeah like he the way of walking like jesus yeah. has suffering yeah. and i just am hearing you say these things of mm. letting go of ease and comfort yeah. and normalcy and saying i'd rather have jesus mm. even if that means suffering mm. that's really good that's really encouraging uh, along that snowplow analogy my friend emily belknap uh this last year had said something that the Lord had showed her. She similar to that, like is always praying similar to me praying for even my child to be so healthy or to make good friends or like praying. She was praying, you know, that, that they would, they they would be safe and protected again, not bad things to pray. But then the Lord like showed her and she started praying, God, whatever you need to do to break into their heart. And, And same for me and you, like you just said, Oh, God, whatever you got to do to uproot these idols and this sin and whatever you got to do to get in there and take complete hold of my heart, please do it. Yeah. That can be a scary thing to pray. Oh my gosh, the scariest prayer. Yeah. And also like the most beautiful thing because in him is our fullness of joy in him is freedom in him is true peace and the list is endless like true satisfaction gosh god i don't i don't want to be anywhere else i don't want the perfect american family if that means that drifts me away from you i don't want that yeah i want to be a family sold out for your glory alone above above all of it so fast forward, end up having Zian, end up closing on our first home. We lived in like an apartment row home, rental home before. Mm-hmm. Um, end up closing on our first home on my due date. Mm. Ignorance is bliss, people. <laughs> if you've had a child, you're like, what were you thinking? I wasn't, okay? <laughs> so we close on our first home on my due date, date the 20th. I have Zian go into labor the night of the 22nd. Our second night officially sleeping at the house, um, have Zan the next day. You still have stuff in boxes, I'm sure. Oh, the house was a mess. I mean, by God's grace, my parents and Alex's mom, shout out Mama Zoe, shout out Heidi, Timbo Slice, they <laughs> they came. Okay, side note, I will preface, moving into a new house pregnant was actually my dream come true because guess who didn't do anything? You. The pregnant lady. <laughs> oh, sorry, I can't lift anything. I'm 40 weeks pregnant. That's not good for the baby. Um, not You're not wrong. I'm not wrong. Exactly. So like completely valid. <laughs> Felt super blessed. I'm like sitting there like that goes there, that goes there. Didn't break a sweat. Holding your belly. 100% rubbing the tummy. In a snack. Yep, exactly. So, but my parents, they were so helpful. So much got like... Every so many things did get unboxed and put away prior, but still hodgepodge of like furniture didn't ha- slash didn't have furniture, random paint swatches on the wall. Um, this was totally God's grace. We luckily picked out a gray, which is the hardest thing to do in the whole entire <laughs> world. But my friend, who's a interior designer, I was like, "Tell me what gray to paint my house." Um, picked so out what a gray. Was it just so we know? Uh, I feel like one of them. There were two different ones. One for the back of the house. One for the front. I feel like agreeable gray was one Agre- of them. Oh, we have that yep, in our new red. You do. Yep, it's the good one. 
And there's another one that I can't think of. It's more of a lighter gray. I'll get back to you, podcast listeners. Um, but they're great grays. So, um, but totally God's grace that we went, we go into the hospital, traumatic labor, for lack of better word, uh, sunny side up baby, um, pushing for two and a half hours Ooh. and uh, epidural, not quite doing his job. Uh, yeah, I remember, yeah, that that was traumatic. I'll get back to that. But the, the sweet part was that our place was painted by the time we got home. Wow. The whole place wow. was painted. Shout out Taylor Brock, our friend that, our friend's friend that paints. He's amazing. So that was really sweet. But back to delivery, um, I played the song You Came. I want to say it's by Bethel Music. Yeah. Lazarus, you yeah. know that song? Yeah. Not the slow version. They just came out the slow version in the last couple of years, but like it was the original quick version. Mm-hmm. I'm not kidding when I say that song. And that that was my that was kind of my song that I latched down to the last couple months of pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically a song about the story of Lazarus and the it's all about you came and I knew that you would come. Like talking about Jesus. Like yeah. he did come and he did raise him. Like he did come. And so the same is for us. Like yeah. he will show up. And that song is just, oh, beautiful. I get chills and teary-eyed when it comes on. Couldn't listen to it for a little bit because it was just tough, like, tough to tough to listen to. And even the first time, like, a year later that we listened, that it came on, Alex was like, whoa. Like, because it was just, yeah, kind of a traumatic labor. Listen to that song literally on repeat. The, like, during pushing, like, the whole time. Um, and I'll never forget Zan being placed on my chest. And there's a picture of me crying. And, um, and I was crying cause I was sad. And I think, uh, you know, everyone says the second they put them on your chest, you're just in love with them and, and like everything's great. And, um, I think I had to process through a while, uh, that it was okay that I actually was just sad. I had just gone through a traumatic labor. It was really hard. And now they put this baby on me and I'm in a lot of pain and I'm, exhausted and sad and I was crying because I was sad and overwhelmed mm-hmm. not they weren't like tears of like I'm so excited this baby's here I was like genuinely like sad mm-hmm. and I think that's important for moms to hear because yeah. Yeah. I think it can the the narrative can be like you love them the second you see them the second you hold them that is true for some people praise God and I I, I think I genuinely had a love for this baby, but I, it took time for me to get to know this baby and grow a love for this baby that I was seeing face to face for the first time. Like, yeah. oh wow, is this the same baby that was in my tummy? Yeah, it is. And processing through that, but and still kind of a stranger, still kind of a stranger, one hundred percent. And I think, like, that's okay if that's you. That's my story, and and I think I didn't have anyone to say that before my story, which I think plays into a, a lot of my story too, that like, okay, I, in my head, I got told you'll love them right away. It'll be like instant. It'll be instant. It'll be hard, but it'll be great. You're sad a little bit at the beginning, but it's like great. And it just took longer for me in that. So, um, come back home. I'm, we're in the new house. I feel like I walked into a new life, new, new house, uh, I've, I'm now a mom. 
Um, wow. You know, that you didn't plan on. Yeah. Just a lot. Just a lot. Healing stitches, bleeding nipples. Let's yes. just say the actual, like we're is, exhausted. Yeah. And, and also here, here's a sweet thing. We had just visited Providence for the first time, uh, the our church home wow. now. We had just visited Providence for the first time um, two weeks prior two weeks prior to having Zan. That was our first time visiting it. And that is where the Lord totally led us to be and has been so sweet through. So anyways, not like we have like that deep community yet. yet. We totally had sweet, some like sweet friends, like a codgepodge friends, like some of our best friends that were still here from when we went to college here. And our family was so helpful, but not, not that like deep village. village. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and I was the first of my friends to have a baby. Uh, so uh, besides my best friend, Angie, who had four daughters and by God's grace, she totally poured into me so much during that season and helped me so much. But definitely those weeks after having a baby, I mean, those are just, when you have your first baby, those are just the hardest weeks of your entire life. Like that first baby, Mm -hmm. uh, you're processing through that, okay, this is my child. I, I am a mom now. I'm a mom now 24 seven forever. Um, and so you're kind of walking through mourning your old life a little bit and processing through, this is my new life. And also of course, enjoying this sweet little baby, but it's so much at one time mm-hmm. and it's really hard. And sometimes I think that gets left in the dust. Like, well, you have this new baby. Surely all your dreams just came true. Yeah, yeah. You're a mom. This is such a gift. Yes, it is. And it's also the hardest thing I'd ever personally walked through, the hardest transition I've ever personally walked through. So those first weeks, your hormones are everywhere. I mean, you're just sad. You're not sleeping. So many things. Um, And I remember being sad and I'm at my six-week appointment. I remember people saying, oh, you'll just like, that's normal. You'll be sad. But it, it felt like I continually was really sad and continually didn't really want to be around Zan. Kind of any chance that I got, I'd like, someone please take him. Like someone, anyone else watch him. I need to like go over here. I need to, and I kind of, I remember like Googling postpartum depression and, and I kind of like looked at some of the bullet points and I'm like, oh, well, I'm not doing that. Like, well, not that, not that. So, uh, surely it's not that. Like, I'm fine. Like, and, and, I feel like, especially in 2018, people talked about it way less, I feel like, in in my opinion, like really didn't really know exactly what to look for. And so um, fast forward my six week appointment, they kind of ask you a few questions about postpartum to, in my opinion, not enough. And this was um, my old doctor, love my current doc if you need one, Um, but feel like they asked me some questions and just kind of like, oh, that's normal. Okay. Yep. Well, I needed help. Yeah. And, but I didn't know I needed help. This was my first baby. I really didn't know. I just thought, okay, everyone's told me I'm just going to be sad for a little this while. Is possibly normal. This is it my new normal. Sucks. It really sucks. A little bit of what have we done? Yeah. Um, and that's hard to say out loud because you also feel guilt and shame in saying that, but that's honestly a thought that like went through my head. Like, mm-hmm. what have we done? So fast forward. And that was just a really hard year, suffered postpartum depression and was just, I mean, down in it for a long time, but didn't necessarily have the tools 
or like resources or like know where to go for help or what that looked like or that I needed help. And it wasn't until the Lord brought me out of this depression. It was like right after Xan had turned one. Mm, I like so long, Maddie. Yeah. Oh, it was a really hard first year. Yeah. And, and I would say too, God was so kind to meet me in that first year too. We, I truly, he, he truly started bringing an understanding of the gospel, a deeper understanding of the gospel at Providence, which was so sweet of him that first year. So we're, we're pressing into Jesus in community, but it's a new community. So it's those like, okay, we're going to keep showing up on Wednesday, but you know, we're not fully known and it's a little awkward, but we're going to keep coming. We're going to keep going. Like, we know we need God's people. Um, but that, that was hard, too. By God's grace, he started bringing a few mom friends into my life that I started to be able to talk to. But fast forward, end of his first year of life, I feel like I come above water wow. for the first time and really process through and navigate that, ah, I've been depressed for a year. Because I think I just tagged on, like you said, this is just my norm. This sadness, this darkness. This um, must be what motherhood must, is. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, so the Lord brought me out of that. Oh, my gosh. And and I would say when I got brought out of that, too, I started to realize, Zan was a little over when, it, I, I started to realize that Zan and I weren't super close. Like our relationship wasn't our relationship had suffered because I stiff armed him the whole first year. He definitely always, always wanted his dad. I definitely knew that. I mean, I always would try to just distract myself or entertain or be away from him. And so I, it came like, I I was able to see it tangibly like, Oh my goodness. Uh, we are not as close because of this by God's grace. Leah, the Lord totally covered me with his grace in that moment. And I felt no guilt or shame. I understood in that moment uh, that I did not blame myself. Wow. And and I, and I started pleading to God, God, I know that you can restore this. This is not a lost relationship by any means. God, would you please restore this relationship? And that may, maybe that sounds silly to restore a relationship with a one-year-old, but it was so obvious and painful to like feel like, Oh, I possibly did that. And then God to meet me in that grace. Nope, there's no guilt or condemnation and I can restore things. So literally praying that, pleading that. And after, I think literally like two months seeing God answering that prayer of Zan and I's relationship restored. I love my best buddy, Zan. God has restored our relationship and we are besties. Oh my gosh. I just even think of that. Like that's a piece of redemption that I was like, God, I know that you will do it. You will do it. Help, help and help me to sit and be present with him and help me to meet him where he needs. And God, please restore this relationship, but felt no guilt or condemnation coming out of that. So fast forward motherhood, still the hardest thing I've ever done. Don't get me wrong. The, the first year, whether you're suffering depression or not, so hard, a hard year, a hard transition. Um, and just looking back on the first year of motherhood and the first years of motherhood, God growing my dependence on him, 
saying, you desperately need me. Like your trust can only be in me. I'll never forget at eight or nine months old, Zan falls down our flight of stairs. I didn't shut the gate. I always shut the gate. I always have the corners covered. I always lock the doors. I always, 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 I, I, I. And God was like, you can set up all the walls and fences you want. I'm actually in control. Not that I'm, he's like, not that you're not going to be wise and not leave knives out. Like, you know, and also he's like, you can think you're in control. You're not. And I literally remember holding him after he fell down the flight of stairs. I think I cried for two days straight. You know, you're like, oh, is he acting the same as he And God's like, trust me. Trust me. And so. Yeah, this, the trust exercise with God wasn't just a no. during pregnancy thing. It's a. He was life. just getting started. Yeah. He's like, yeah. we're going to slowly but surely need to continue to peel back these layers mm-hmm. and 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 show you how freeing a sweet trust in me, your protector, your sustainer, your king, your Lord, the creator of all the universe, how sweet and freeing that is. So fast forward, we get pregnant with Shay. Oh my goodness, Leah, that pregnancy, night and day different because of the Lord. Wow. That pregnancy, just a, a deep trust in the Lord. A deep trust in the Lord. Psalm 112 was the psalm um, that literally I just like kept rejoicing in that whole time. And, and the psalm is, and there's, there's a specific verse that I kept rejoicing in, but the, the whole psalm is, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who finds great delight in his commands. His children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house and his righteousness endures forever. Even in darkness, light dawns for the upright, for the gracious and compassionate and righteous man. God will come to him who is generous and lends freely, who conducts his affairs with justice. Mm-hmm. Surely he will never be shaken. A righteous man will be remembered forever. Here's the verse. He will have no fear of bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is secure. He will have no fear. In the end, he will look in triumph on his foes. That verse seven, he will have no fear of bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. I That, that verse was always ringing in my head that whole pregnancy. When we went to that 20-week ultrasound, um, when we were going into different appointments, and it was God. It was God did that, reminding me and and bringing myself to a deep trust in Him. Gosh, God, I I don't have to fear bad news. That doesn't mean bad news won't come, and that doesn't mean uh, that I feel like the Lord and I've been processing through the last couple of years. Like, there's a difference between fear, where like you have made up a scenario that hasn't even remotely happened. Nothing is pointing towards this scenario, and and a a fear that you you still have to choose to rely on the Lord, but that comes from your reality of like, um, your husband is going into surgery. This is my reality. A f- there, there's, a, there's a fear, and I'm, though I'm, but I'm choosing to trust in God. So it's not like just a sin that any fear is rising on me. This is my reality. And then God, I'm going to give that fear to you. Where, whereas a fear of like, Nothing's been told that there's nothing wrong with my baby. 
but I'm just going to create these scenarios and spiral mm-hmm. from these lies type of thing. Mm-hmm. So, so again, not that, not that this verse says no bad news will come. We're actually promised a life of suffering, like you said, and, and, and we, we know earth side, there will be pain and suffering and yet we have a God that we can trust and not live in this fear of getting bad news. Mm-hmm. So that was like the pregnancy was night and day different. I enjoyed it because I rested in the, I was resting in the Lord. This was now the Lord. I feel like brought deep understand, deeper understanding of the gospel. Zan's first year of life. So that was what, 2018. And gosh, this is two years later of just by God's grace, abiding in the Lord and him just growing a deeper and deeper trust every day, bringing freedom in new areas, revealing a fear in me and and delivering me from a fear that I didn't know the enemy had taken ground in my heart long, long ago. That That's, a, that's another story, but that's part of this story because he, in those years, he delivered me from fear. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears, God's word, God's word tells us all of them. And so, so sweet, the pregnancy, so sweet, the labor and delivery, that's a story for another time, but alas, (laughs) to the delivery promises is playing. Great is your faithfulness. I put my trust in Jesus, my anchor in the ground, my hope and firm foundation. He'll never let me down. That was praying. That was playing when Shay was born. And the, even the, the delivery was redemptive. And even b- before she was born, I, I remember like, I think Zana turned three or something. And, and I would jokingly say, but being completely honest that God has grown my love for my child. This is when Zan was three. Like God has grown my love to be a mother. It took some time. Wow. And, and that's okay. Yeah. And so then coming home with Shay, and I'll never forget those first weeks, um, just being like, God, this is just so redeeming. You redeemed this. You redeemed motherhood. For a while there, it was like, this is terrible. And you redeemed it by growing my trust in you, by restoring relationships of me and Zan, by bringing me to this place where I have no fear of bad news, God. That's that's only you. Only you could do that. You bringing this new joy of pregnancy and labor and delivery and it just being the sweetest redemptive couple weeks, specifically when Shay came into the world and Alex and I just kept looking at each other. I'm like, this was so redemptive. Wow, God, thank you. God, thank you for this. And and getting to getting to thank him for growing my heart for my children and and my heart for motherhood. And now I truly love it and enjoy it. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying it is easy. It is the hardest thing I've ever done. And God has used it to grow a dependence and a trust on him, getting me to the exact space that he wants me to be knowing. I have no control here. God, I will have no fear of bad news because I trust you. These kids are yours. This family is yours. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) What a beautiful story of redemption. Like, listeners, I know that you have fallen in love with this girl and the Lord for what he has done in her life. And I just so appreciate you being honest and vulnerable to share 
the hard and the not so pretty aspects of the yeah. first few years yeah. of your, your motherhood journey. Yeah. And I mean, anybody looking at you would say, oh my gosh, she's this incredible mom who truly like delights in her kids. Mm-hmm. And just to see like, hey, that's come with the Lord's mighty hand yeah. and like a commitment to you to work in this mm-hmm. with you, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. I just admire you and the way that you love your kids so much and love the Lord in this season. And so I'm just so thankful for you being here and telling this story, friend. Thank you so much. It's been so sweet to think back on this story, which is the point of the series you're doing, remembering what God has done. He did it, you know, and now getting to just be so grateful today. So thanks for inviting me into remembering and just basking and, and seeing all that he has done because because he did it. And so I'm just so grateful for your gift to have people on and to allow them to tell their story. And yeah. God is so stinking good. Yeah. He delivered you yeah. like out of that crazy pit and yeah. of, I mean, you're not crazy. That's no, no, I'm no. But I'm like, crazy. <laughs> but it was... Yeah, full of the enemies, like just swirling in your head and your heart, and he oh he delivered you. Oh and my goodness! I can't think of a better story to tell on this series. So thank oh. you, thanks, Leah. Wow, friends, I hope you loved that episode as much as I did. Even just listening back to our conversation, I remember just feeling so encouraged and refreshed. Maddie is one of those people that just speaks life and yeah you just feel that when you listen to her i'm amazed at god after i listened to that story and this is our last episode in the redemption series and i think it was just a perfect note to end on because god is so gracious and he's so he's been so glorified in all of these stories you know i I think one of the most beautiful things i am picking out of this story is like god calls us into his redemption story he calls us out of the muck and the mire and he says there's no condemnation there's no shame i am going to redeem this how beautiful of a god do we serve that he says i can make this beautiful too anything that you bring to me i can make beautiful this series has been so fun i have loved getting to sit down with women get to hear their stories and I really hope that this inspires you to share your story too. I know that you've got a redemption story. Telling our redemption stories helps us reflect and remember who our God actually is. In the Old Testament, people would set up altars to remember a particular miracle that God did. Someday, the more you set up these altars recounting God's faithfulness, the more when you reach 50, 60, 70, 80 years old, you can look back at all of these altars that of God's faithfulness, reminding you of who he really is amidst our suffering. When we're in the valley, when we're in the pit and saying, nope, I know who that God is because he's been faithful to me and I know he's good. Even though this doesn't feel good, it doesn't look super good, I have a God who redeems. And we hope that telling these stories has inspired you and encouraged you to start thinking about how God has been faithful to you. Here's what's been a constant theme in my life. 
God using his living and active word to revive my soul, renew my heart, and change my entire life. Whether I've been in the pits of despair or on a refreshing mountaintop season, his word is the thing that brought me comfort because he is the only one that can bring true comfort, peace, joy, and freedom. These are God's actual words. If there's one thing you leave with from this episode, I hope it's this. God's word will change your life. I heard a quote once that said, read God's word as though your life depends on it because it does. If you're unsure where to start, the Gospel of John is a great place, James or Romans. Another thing I'm a huge advocate for is reading the Bible all the way through, reading the entire Bible. If we stake our lives on this book, shouldn't we want to know what it says? If these are God's actual words, shouldn't we want to know what it says? If God promises us his peace and transformation and wisdom through this book, shouldn't we be saturating our lives in it? The answer is an emphatic yes. I'm currently reading it all the way through for the third time, and it has changed my life because God's word changes our lives. Not just knowing a New Testament verse and a psalm here or there, but seeing how the entire Bible is pointing to Jesus' coming and then his return. The entire thing. Seeing prophecies from the Old Testament come alive. Being reminded in Leviticus how I don't have to leave my house to go find a lamb to sacrifice when I sin against my husband or kids because Jesus was the perfect sacrifice on my behalf. I'm on my second time reading through it along with Terry Lee Cobble and the Bible Recap. Bible Recap is a Bible in a Year plan, and they also have a book that has a page and a half synopsis of what chapters you're reading in the Bible that day. I have learned so much throughout it. At the end of each page and a half summary, it also has a God shot showing here's where we see God. Here's where we see his character. Here's what we see about him in these chapters you're about to read. Oh my goodness, you guys. The book has been wildly impactful. I've truly learned so much. But even if you don't get the book, just reading God's word, all of it, beholding all of it, he gave us all of it for a reason. If he just wanted us to read the New Testament and the Psalms, he would have just given us the New Testament and the Psalms. But no, he has given us all of it. The entire thing is important. So I cannot encourage you enough to do Bible Recap. You can find the plan at thebiblerecap.com. I will also link the blue Bible Recap book that I have in the show notes. Whether it is January 1 or you start June 6th, that's when I started this last year, start reading your entire Bible today. Start reading your Bible, period, today. It's okay if it takes you two years or three. Start reading your Bible. Saturate your life with God's living and active word. I watched a John Piper video a couple months ago. There was a part of it where he was talking about saturating your life in God's word, and he asked some people why they didn't read their Bible, and they said, I don't have time. I I don't have time. I'm busy. And he asked, did you have time to eat breakfast? And his argument was, if you have time to eat breakfast, it would actually be more important that you skip that meal and read your Bible. Feeding your soul with the bread of life is more important than feeding your body with food. That's how important reading God's word is. I can attest that it has changed my entire life and it continues to change my entire life because God changes our lives. So 
I pray that this episode about God redeeming motherhood for me was encouraging to you, whether you are currently in a season struggling in motherhood or you're struggling in another area of life. I pray that God would remind you that nothing is too far for him to redeem. He is always working things out for his glory and our good. So I just pray that this would be a refreshing episode that would bring you hope in Jesus because he can redeem all things and he will redeem all things one day. I pray that you take a minute after this episode to just remember God's faithfulness in your life in the big and seemingly small ways that are actually big also. Asking God, okay, Lord, where have I seen you be faithful that I'm forgetting about as I'm in despair, as I'm discouraged because you've been faithful so many times and you will be faithful again. Friends, if you were at all encouraged by this episode, would you be willing to leave a review and share this episode with friends or family? I would greatly appreciate it. As always, I would love to connect. Feel free to reach out at Maddie at sunnyand65.com. That's Maddie at sunnyand65.com. Friends, go be bold and love big, and we will see you next time.